the Bible mm. says that it's good for reproof, for teaching, for instruction. So we always have to go back to the Bible. I think Absolutely. It is the final word of God. Welcome back to the Linwood Show. It is episode five. Uh, this is take number two. Full disclosure for this intro. Um, I am joined today by a a guy from YouTube. He commented on one of my last videos, Christy Burke's five Bible passages, a response video, and he gave a very thoughtful uh, response. And so I figured, hey, why not get him on the show and we can have a thoughtful conversation. So James, welcome to the Linwood Show. Thank you. So uh, the goal of this show uh, and kind of the goal of me reaching out to you was to provide a platform for thoughtful, biblically grounded responses to various questions that, you know, we as Christians have and uh, people maybe questioning their faith, deconstructing their faith, or or just kind of those nagging questions that we all have. And so... Um, in in light of that, let's let's get a br- brief intro about you. Who and what is a James? Um, I am a fairly new Christian. Um, six years ago, I was confronted with the idea that I may not know enough about Christianity to totally dismiss it off out of hand. I grew up in church. Um, I spent the first 17 years of my life uh, going to church and Sunday school. I was a member of the RAs back in the day. Uh, That's Royal Ambassadors for Christ. It's an older, uh, I guess it would be kind of like a Wannis. Okay. No? Yeah, I, I'm not familiar with RAs, but I, I I do have experience with Awanas. I did that growing up as well. Uh, but I I started struggling with some things early on, mm. and I was praying that God would help me through this and uh, get me to where I didn't have these feelings or emotions anymore. Hmm. And then I was diagnosed with diabetes on uh, Christmas Eve whenever I was 17 years old. And at that point, I was like, what's the point? Why even try anymore? So I came out of the closet whenever I was 19. Spent about 20 years living that lifestyle. Uh, get into paganism and uh, kundalini yoga. And by the time I was almost to the point of being a full-blown atheist, I had finally decided there wasn't any use in trying to do any of this stuff. It was all a lie. And I posted this long, scathing comment about why I didn't believe in the God of the Bible and why I thought he was a big loser. It was basically a big middle finger shoved in the air. And he spoke to me through my grandmother. She said, you know better. And that kind of took me aback, and I was like, maybe I should look into this a little more. So I started listening to different debates, uh, atheists versus Christians. I listened to uh, gay Christians versus uh, conservative Christians. And I found that the conservative Christians had more weight behind what they were saying than the gay Christians did. So at some point, two or three months after that, I rededicated myself to Christ, and I'm here today. 
Wow, that that's a that's a long journey. So <laughs> to kind of summarize, uh, you kind of grew up in 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 the church. You straight away um, went down a lot of different rabbit holes. <laughs> you know, a lot of different lifestyles. Uh, you know, paganism, homosexuality, and then you returned to Christ after after a little bit of a uh, kind of a soul searching kind of a, a well yeah the proverbial come a, to Jesus meeting a, um, a truth searching not necessarily yeah, a soul yeah, searching but truth yeah trying yeah, to find yeah, out but, what the truth was hmm. uh, I like that correction a truth <laughs> truth searching yeah because there's a lot of soul searching nowadays where you know it is your lowercase t truth you, you know it's all about yeah. my truth and how I feel and and so yeah I I, I appreciate that that uh, that is a good correction so um, I noticed on the timing in, in your story you 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 kind of left the church and came out of the closet in a little bit of a, a condensed. It, it time was frame. almost back to back. For a long yeah. time, I had been struggling with this. Okay. I mean, okay. from from as early as five years old, I can remember thinking that there was something different about me. Hmm. And so, do you think? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to ask, do you think that, because uh, you, you mentioned that you listen to more conservative or mainstream uh, traditional Christians, and you also listen to gay Christians. Do you now, are you of the opinion that you can be a Christian and live a homosexual lifestyle? No. Okay. Um, and do you go ahead? Can, go ahead. I was I was just going to see if you wanted to elaborate on that any at all. Um, um you know, based on in, what are you basing that belief off of? In Second Corinthians, uh, First Corinthians six nine, I believe is what it what it is. Just a second here. Uh, First Corinthians six six nine. Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not right. inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Ne neither the sexuality, oh, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor greedy, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, uh, will but inherit if, the kingdom of God. But then, yeah. whenever you get down to verse eleven, it says, "And as were some of you, mm. but you were, but you were washed." You are sanctified. You are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Yeah, absolutely. You, Praise the you Lord. Cannot, you cannot live in sin and be with the true Jesus. And I say true Jesus right. because there are multiple versions of Jesus out there that are mm. embraced by everybody. He was a great spiritual leader he wasn't a he wasn't god he uh was an activist he's he wasn't he was just a man he was just That's another not, prophet right that is not yeah. who jesus was and we can Absolutely. get into that he, too if you want to yeah uh let's i mean who <laughs> based on on your your beliefs what you found in the bible who and what is Jesus, who, let's define this this person that we're referring to. Um, if you pull up Isaiah fifty three, mm, that's a good passage. We can we'll start there. We'll look at Daniel. Uh, I think it's Daniel seven. I don't have any of these marked in my Bible. I got Isaiah fifty three pulled up. I can get uh, Isaiah as well. Isaiah 53 and... I'm sorry, Daniel 7. Daniel 7, I believe, is what it is. Where it talks about the Son of Man coming with, coming in the clouds, walking into the throne room of God and sitting down on at the hand, right hand of power. Mm. Yep. Uh, that's Daniel... 
what was that? 7 verse 13. In my vision at night, I looked and there before me was one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Yeah, absolutely. And that son of man phrase is something that's repeated over and over and over again in the New in Testament. In the New Testament. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And then in in uh, John's revelation, in Revelation, the, um, let's see, what was it? Yeah, all nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. That That phrase, that brings to mind every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. That, right. that phrase, uh, absolutely. Now, this Isaiah 53 passage is pretty interesting um, because, you know, if you were to read Isaiah 53 and you, you know, if I were to read it to you and not tell you that it was Isaiah 53, you you might be inclined to think that this was a contemporary of Jesus yeah. writing this about Jesus. But, but this was actually is, written 700 years prior or something yeah. like that. Yeah, hundreds <laughs> of years before. And, and, and the, the interesting thing is, you know, it, it's easy for us as modern readers of the Bible in our Western society to look at the, at the Bible and say, Oh, well, this is just all curated. This is, you know, um, the council of Nicaea and all this stuff. But like these, these scrolls, we, we have original manuscripts that date back thousands of years that uh, prove the authenticity of, of these, these, prophecies as in right. isaiah 53 right so um, were you wanting to read isaiah 53 or or yeah, we, were you yeah, just I wanting to bring that. that to attention i was just wanting to bring it to attention mainly uh okay yeah we don't have we, to read the whole thing but i would i would definitely invite the listener you know either now pause the podcast or after the podcast is over look up isaiah 53 and uh, tell me if that's not a shot for shot of uh, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You were talking about the historicity. I think I lost you. You were talking about the historicity of this passage. The mm, uh, yeah. Dead Sea Scrolls were found in 54, 1954 in a cave in Qumran. They date back 200 years prior to. Jesus, and they have all the books of the Old Testament in scroll form that they're just now, uh, they've actually made a Dead Sea Scrolls Bible, which is mm. the entirety of that text. Wow. That's amazing. And that, that just lends further credence to these, you know, what the millennia of people have, have put their faith in. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, e even the fact that like we know that the year is 2023, almost 2024. Well, what are we basing that off of? What, what is all of modern life? How do we know the day uh, and the year? We're basing that off of, the life and Jesus. death of Jesus Christ, or the exactly. birth and death exactly. of Jesus Christ. Yeah, it, it's amazing. And now you got all the all the BCEs and the and the CEs, and it's just it it's it's so contrived the effort to just willingly ignore the overwhelming uh, evidence to the truth. So second second Corinthians four four says that the God of this the God of this world blinds the mind, blinds the eyes of the people 
who are under his rule. If the gospel is hidden, mm. that's why it's hidden. Yeah. But it's only the, through the, the light God. of Jesus Christ. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to read it. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Amen. And that <clears throat> at the beginning of that verse, God is obviously lowercase g. Yeah. Um, yeah, because there's other passages that, that talk about how um, the the tempter or the Satan, Satan, as we commonly yeah. call him, is currently the ruler of this world um, because he, he's been given dominion uh, temporarily. So, so what, what put you on my radar and was kind of the impetus for this conversation was you dropped a very thoughtful comment on uh, the video that, that I referenced earlier what was that called again? Christy Burke's five Bible passages response. Um, and you dropped it in response to me and uh, the person I was responding to uh, saying that, <coughs> sorry, saying that we are both missing something very important with the Deut Deuteronomy 28 passage. Um, do you want to kind of break that down and, and get into that a little bit? Um. First, I want to talk about how people generally read the Bible. They don't look at things in context. They'll look at one verse and go, oh, that's exactly what that means. And they won't do any extra study on it. I had actually watched her video about two weeks prior to seeing your video. Mm. And I had started taking notes on all this. I have a notebook that I've wrote the topics down on that she was talking about, and I was working on filling out uh, where we can argue against that with Scripture. The Bible mm. says that it's good for reproof, for teaching, for instruction. So we always have to go back to the Bible. I think Absolutely. It is the final word of God. Um, so I had already started researching some of this stuff. And if we look at Deuteronomy, we'll go back to Deuteronomy 22. If a man is found lying with a woman, lying with the woman or another, if a man is found lying with the woman of another man, both of them shall die, the man whom lay with the woman and the woman. So you purge the evil from Israel. If there is a betrothed virgin and a man meets her in the city and lies with her, then you shall bring them both out to the, to the gate of the city and you shall stone them to death with stones. The young woman, because she did not cry for help, though she was in the city, and the man, because he has violated his neighbor's wife, she wasn't betrothed, or she wasn't married. She was betrothed to this, betrothed to another man. Mm. Everything in Scripture falls back to the man and the woman. Yeah, in Genesis. In Genesis, it wasn't until. Adam ate the fruit that their eyes were opened. Mm -hmm. So we go, we continue on down and we get to the verse where she that she was talking about. Uh, verse 28. If a man meets a virgin who is not betrothed and seizes her and lies with her and they are found, then the man who lay with her shall give the father of the young of the young woman fifty shekels of silver, and she shall be become his wife, because he has violated her. He may not divorce her all of her days. 
Okay. Um, in the Septuagint, I was reading this, and it did sound like rape. But here's the thing. Everything falls back on the man. Sex was to be between a man and his wife. No one else. Mm. The man is responsible for everything that happens to that woman. So I think that it was more of a don't do this because then you'll be responsible for her. Make sure that you love her before you do anything with this woman. That's just yeah, my absolutely. That's just my thoughts on it. But then if we go back well, to Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna add that uh while we're kind of touching on that point, the the common theme throughout this whole subject in Deuteronomy and and really all all of the laws in the Mosaic law is responsibility. Right. You have to take responsibility for the actions that you're taking. Um and that that's so antithetical to the society we live in where you know everyone just give in to your licentiousness, do whatever makes you feel good, you know, YOLO, that sort of thing. And, and, um, it's really sad to see the turning, but I mean, it, it's written down. I was reading, uh, what was that? I think it was second Peter three on my last episode, how calling shot for shot, how people are going to deny, um, the teachings of the Bible and how even in that time people were saying, well, nothing's changed since the Old Testament, you know, all the all the prophecies in the Old where, Testament. Where is the Son of God? Where is his returning? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's true. There's nothing new under the sun. Um, and, and what's interesting is, uh, before again, before we transition out of this passage, um, the, the part where it says, uh, where, where is it? how both of them get stoned to death because she didn't cry out. Um, I know that I I can already sense the, the angry comments, the keyboard board warriors going off on, on this saying, well, you know, she's, she's being punished for blah, blah, blah. Uh, when he's sitting there raping her, but the, the spirit of this passage is not rape. It's consent right. in that in that punishment. Right. The, what what is what is being conveyed in that passage is if the man and the woman both consent, then they're both equally guilty. Uh, right. Which I, I think bears being pointed out. Um, you know, not being super literal. Oh well, because she literally didn't scream, but she's you know it. It's just let's get a a little bit above a you know, second grade, black and white, this or that understanding and look at, at the spirit and the context of it. So anyway, I'll get, I'll get <laughs> off my high horse and, and let you keep going. Well, again, it goes back to, I was talking with my neighbor the other yesterday about this. And up until the fifties, we didn't promote as a nation sex outside of marriage. You held yourself pure for your husband. Mm-hmm. And what what began that, if, if you really want to boil it down, what began the road that we're traveling down, like big time, is no-fault divorce and birth control. Without no-fault divorce and birth control, the the whole liberation movement and everything, you know, mm-hmm. women going their own way, look, like, I'm all for equal rights, but there are truths that are revealed in creation by God's plan, a man is to leave his mother and father and marry a woman, and she they are to cling to each other, and it is the 
that bonding, it's a lifelong partnership as ordained by God where you complement each other. And, and what I see so often, and I'm sure you do too, um, is just a, a destruction of that, a destruction yeah. of, of this design, divine design um, of a, a man marrying a woman. And, and like, I, I tell my wife this all the time. I'm so glad that, you know, I have you doing what you do and I do what I do because I do not envy what she does. The the homemaking, the raising the kit, like it, it's hard. It's hard work. Stay at home moms are probably the, the most underappreciated and, and yeah, underappreciated and hardest working people in this country, it, in the world. Mm-hmm. But, but modern women, unfortunately, don't see that. And then you have tons of videos of people on social media who are getting, uh, you know, women specifically, who are, you know, 40, 50 years old. And, and they've gone down this path of, I'm going to pursue my career. I'm going to you know, be independent. I don't need a man to provide for me. I, I'm not going to have a family. And then they're posting on social media and it, it is devastating. They're, they're sitting there in tears saying, you know, I'm, I'm coming to the realization that I have no one. There, mm-hmm. there is no one that if I get sick, there's no one bringing me soup on the couch. Just a little thing like that. Like there's no one, you know, pouring my medicine for me because I, I've, the, these are the choices that I've made. I've chosen to serve myself instead of serving others and, and surrounding myself and, and submitting to the design that, that God has ordained. Anyway, right. another, another giant monologue. You take it. <laughs> uh, I don't even know where to start on this subject. <laughs> Hey, it's it's um, fine. You you don't have to. Okay, you don't have to dig into it at all. For, first off, if you choose that lifestyle, which it is another lifestyle choice, you chose to disregard what God set out for you to do your own thing, and now you're living your life unfulfilled, lonely, and having to work your butt off to take care of yourself. Here's the thing. It doesn't matter what you've done. Jesus Christ is always there. Find yourself a good church, get plugged in, and start serving there. You don't have to be married. In fact, Paul says in... I think it's Galatians. I was just trying to get that pulled up. (laughs) It would be better for people not to get married, but because of our lusts and our desires for the flesh, it is better to get married and be able to deal with those desires than to live a life where you're just going out, getting it from anyone you can. But all things yeah. are to the glory of God. Yeah, and that that specifically was in the context of uh, avoiding temptation and and also serving Christ. So, right. uh, what he alludes to, oh man, I wish I could pull it up. Uh, what what he he alludes to though in that in that verse is is he saying, look, like you've got these desires and if you're going if that's going to lead you to sin then by all means get married but right but if you do get married then you will have to split your energy and your attention between ah. Christ serving Christ and your spouse you got it yeah uh 1 Corinthians 7 now concerning the matters about which you wrote 
It is good for man not to have sexual relations with a woman, but because of the temptations of sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her her own husband. The husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights and likewise the woman to her husband. For the wife does not have authority over her her own body, nor the ma- the husband, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his body, but the wife does. Do not pr- deprive one, one another, except perhaps by agreement for a limited time, that you may devote yourselves to to prayer, but come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Mm. Yep, that's exactly exactly the verse that I was thinking of. And that, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's very true. You know, it, if you're going to, um, if you're going to be let, because I believe Paul lived out his entire life unmarried, according to, to what we know. Um, is, that, is that correct? I believe so. He even yeah. s- he says somewhere else I wish that you would be more like me in that yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah. I Which can't is kind of funny. I'm not going to look it up right now. I... Yeah, no. <laughs> Cuz it's just funny that that makes me chuckle because these are literally letters to yeah. like written from this guy that were taken from him to this, this group of people, mm-hmm. you know, in a, in a faraway land. And, and here we are reading it thousands of years <laughs> later. And he's like, man, I wish you could be more like me. That's just funny. <laughs> the, the authenticity of it. So has there any, has there been anything in, we in as your a society life have downplayed as far as the uh, wisdom your and faith scripture. goes? Oh, I'm sorry. I think we cut out. Yeah, we've do- uh, we've downplayed as a society the wisdom and scripture. Has there been anything in your life with your faith where you? Having... I think we're having technical difficulties. Uh oh, I can hear you. And I can see you. Can you see me? Yes. Okay. Um, I was just asking, has there been anything in your life that stands out to you that, that made you leave your faith? Uh, like specifically, I know we, I know we touched on, on. It was those two, those two struggles coming to a head. Okay. I knew what God said about homosexuality. I know what's in Leviticus. I know what's in the law. And I couldn't make myself do what the Bible prescribed, mm. which was to live a life in purity to God. Now, I'm not getting off on the purity culture that has come out over the last 20 years or so. There's a way that we are supposed to live in accordance with God's Word. And I had a hard time, even in my thoughts, coming to the conclusions that were necessary for me to find and hold my faith as a as something tangible to me. Mm. So it felt like a shell almost like a like a it wasn't it, a, it a was, full faith. I believed in Christ and I believed that he is was the only savior but mm. I couldn't see him loving me because I couldn't keep those thoughts out of my head. I guess gotcha. that's the best that's the best way I can put it. Okay. But then whenever I was diagnosed with diabetes, it was like a kick in the teeth. 
It felt like mm-hmm. that to me. I felt like God had finally forsaken me and cast me aside. You're not worthy. You're not ever going to be. It's time for you to go. So I started looking in other places, searching for truth elsewhere. But those two, those two things are the main uh, catalysts for my deconversion, I guess. Okay. Yeah, I mean that that does make sense. How you're you're sitting there struggling, 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 and then you get that that whammy with your your diabetes diagnosis and then you're like well screw it i mean i've you know w- what's the point right and i think you alluded to that earlier uh that does bring to mind job the book of job uh where literally everything a little bit different than your certain yeah. your circumstances obviously but i mean literally everything was taken from this man his 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 worldly possessions his health his family, everything, everything except for his breath, the breath in his lungs. And he still chose to worship Yahweh. And I think that 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 is a a testament to that. And also uh, Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast that that came to mind when you were saying there there's nothing that that you could do you know why why would Jesus love you you can't keep these thoughts and and temptations out of your head you know but but it's not you that's going to help you with that you can't do it and that that's that's the whole point right you can't right. do it by yourself and and for different people it's obviously not everyone's going to struggle with homosexuality. Not everyone's going to struggle with, you know, being diagnosed with diabetes or everyone has their own struggles. But the common thing is that as, as we are told in the Bible, you can't do it. That that's the whole thing. Well, you can't do it. Growing up, I always understood it as you had to be clean in order to come to God. Mm. You had to clean yourself up. Was that based up. off of anything, any any teaching it, or any any biblical grounding in that? I don't think so. Um, okay. It was just something that you kind of perceived. It was just something that I perceived in scripture or in the way that things were uh, presented to me. Preachers would present things, and it was like you have to do this and quit doing that and come to Christ and da 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 But Christ said, follow me. Take up your cross daily and follow mm. me. And that's that's the key right there is daily. You right. know, it's not this one and done, you know, I said a magic prayer, I I cried at an altar call, and now I'm absolved of any responsibility for the rest of my life. No. Jesus said daily. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, this is this is something you're you're not perfect. It it's from me. You know, that's that, that yeah. and and you the key is to not live in your sin and not to continue. I mean, obviously you're still gonna sin, but the lifestyle not to accept and the it. lack of repentance, yes. You well you have to accept responsibility and repent and believe in Christ. Right. And that, but again, that, that sounds very transactional and, and, and all that, but, but, and I can see how, you know, I used to perceive it that way a little bit, like, like, well, you know, it, it's going to be smooth sailing once you, once you decide to be a Christian, because, you know, well, that's just how it works. Right. Well, no, like, <laughs> I, <laughs> go ahead. I've heard pastors say Christianity is not a we- is not for the weak. Mm. And it's true. It's also a smart man's game. You have to know what the Bible says. You don't have to memorize it, but you got to know what God is saying and how to apply it to different situations in your life. If you don't have that foundation, then 
you are going to struggle and you are going to, going to fall. And that's just something that we have to deal with. Again, you mm. said it's not, you quoted from uh, Romans, it's not our act, our deeds that get us into heaven. It's the deed that Christ did. It's by his stripes that we are healed. He took our punishment on on himself. Mm -hmm. Going back to uh, Isaiah 53. Yeah, absolutely. And at Romans 3.20, Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. So, it's interesting that even even in Roman in Romans, you know, a, a contemporary of Jesus is recognizing that Jesus didn't come to uh, uphold the law. He came to show that the law was insufficient, and that you, that he is the way, and that he is now the perfect sacrifice. the The law is useful for reproof, absolutely. And it's useful for showing, like, no, this this specifically is why this is a bad thing, and it and actually, what's interesting, um, I only recently, you know, as an as an adult, learned that the law, a lot of law back then, most law, the punishments for crimes, it was a suggestion. Like, it's not like we have nowadays where. Um, you you know you have these statutory minimums and and uh, minimum sentencing guidelines and things like that. Like that's not what's what these punishments are. These are like, hey, so if this happens, this is this is a suggestion of what should be done. The magnitude of of the punishment, which I just I just thought was interesting. Anyway, that that's a tangent. It is <laughs> through Christ that the that we. Uh, get our salvation, and we should be looking to him and his life, not the law, because you know he he um in his day he was rebuking the Pharisees and the Sadducees because mm-hmm. they were following the law to a T, and they were showing they were telling Jesus, well, you're breaking the law this way, you're breaking the Sabbath, you're doing this and that, and he's he's like. You you don't you don't even understand. Nah, you, you don't get listen it. Listen to this. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so a a common question that kind of comes up in the deconstruction movement, and I don't I don't know if maybe you've wrestled with this question at all, but why would a good God allow eternal punishment? Can you? There's Can been you, several uh, wrestle with that with me. <laughs> there's been several arguments for this, but okay, we we live in a world of only two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan, the kingdom of Lucifer, kingdom of darkness. Okay, if you're not of Jesus. Or if you're not for Jesus, you're against Jesus. If you're following the God of this world, which he has a lot of different ways to think about himself. Most people don't want to believe that he exists, and he's happy with that. Absolutely. But we are... Being of one of two kingdoms, we are responsible to those kings also. We can choose life, who is Jesus Christ, or we can choose death, which is Satan. Those two choices have spiritual uh, ramifications. It isn't a matter of, oh, I'm a good person. No. According to... If you're comparing your goodness to another person, then, yeah, you have grounds to say that. 
But if you compare your goodness to that of God or that of Jesus Christ, then you're evil. Jesus himself mm. was saying, who, who among you would give your son a fish, a stone, if he asked for bread? Or who would give your son a, son a fish if he asked for a, a snake, if he asked for a fish? Mm-hmm. You who are evil, if you who are evil know how to do good, how much better, how much more good does your Father in heaven know to do? Amen. So, breaking it down, you, I'm trying to read between the lines a little bit. You would you would say that that a good God would allow eternal punishment because the evil that is within our hearts naturally if we choose to serve that evil we are choosing that is that is a beyond the meat sack that we call our bodies and this this dimension that we're in right now those decisions have higher ramifications is that kind of what you're hinting at yes yeah um, yeah i would agree with that people like to say that the God of the Old Testament is different from Jesus Christ. Okay? But if we look at the first five books of the Bible where God said, kill everyone, he'll say, kill everyone. That's hyperbole. But, That's hyperbole, yeah, people. <laughs> he'll, say, he'll say, kill everyone in this city, but then mm three verses down, he'll say, and don't marry with them. So if you're killing everybody mm -hmm. in the city, how are you marrying with them? Yeah. God yeah, shows... Absolutely. God shows mercy even to those who are against him. And those who oh, deserve exactly. destruction. Exactly. Yeah. It's a matter yeah, of going the heart. Back to yeah, going back to the what you were saying about you you can you can serve one master and one master alone, but you will always serve a master. That right. there there's no escaping that truth, and that's Romans six twenty two. But now you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God. The benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. I want to key in on that just for a second. The benefit you receive, you reap leads to holiness. This is something that a lot of people miss. A lot of people who are deconstructing and, mm -hmm. and you know, they, they want to say, oh, well, Christians think you never said no. Like the, obviously the goal is holiness, but we're all sinners. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And just because you know, Christ is working within you to redeem you. That doesn't mean that you you're still not flesh. You We're, still you still right. do sin, right? Yeah, absolutely. Somewhere so, I believe it's in Romans. Paul says to kill the flesh, deny the mm, flesh, kill it. Yeah, which gets into you know fasting, um, depriving yourselves of of. Um, earthly pleasures or comforts at least for for a temporary time just to just for the sake of denying yourself right just yeah. for the sake of saying i i will withhold this for now and praise god through it and i, I think that that's a very sanctifying thing well so when when you were oh go ahead no go ahead i think i was going to say something that was off the mark anyway go ahead Oh, well, I was going to completely shift gears. <laughs> um, when you were calling yourself an atheist, right? You said that you, you went through a period of time where you probably would have called yourself that. Right, bef right before I wrote that post six, seven mm. years ago, I was at okay. that verge where I didn't see a god. Mm -hmm. There was no... All the gods that man worships are man-made, except for one. 
I say that. I say that, but then we can go back to other verses and argue against that. But there, there, but there's, there's, <laughs> there's a pretty strong case. <laughs> there's a pretty strong case that both man can create his own gods, we, and that there are other gods as right. well, like real, real spiritual beings that you can worship, and that's why periodically I like to remind myself, the listeners who I'm talking to, the God we're talking about, the God that we worship is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. His name is Yahweh. That is the God that we worship. So when we say God, uppercase G, that is the God. What version of the Bible are you reading from? I read from several different ones, ESV, NLT, NIV. I'm not, I'm not Uh, a a hardcore (laughs) pull up uh, translationist. Deuteronomy 32.8. Deuteronomy 32.8. When the Most High gave the nations their inheritance, when he divided all mankind, he set up boundaries for the people according to the number of the sons of Israel. Okay, what what version of What version of that? What version uh, is that? That was NIV. You want NLT, ESV, ESV. ESV. When the Most High gave to the nations their inheritance, when he divided mankind, he fixed the borders of the peoples according to the number of the sons of God. Is that what you're no. talking about? The yeah. sons of God? The sons of God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We have- Which that can be interpreted multiple ways as well uh because you do have other translations like sons of israel blah 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 what i i find pretty fascinating that that lends credence to this um well the fact that he's called the king of kings the lord of lords the god almighty uh all these different things that that talk about him being set apart and in such a way that it can't possibly be just set apart from mankind. Also in Genesis, um, he refers to himself in the plural. Like he, he refer after, uh, I think it's in Genesis three after uh, the fall. Let's see. In Genesis. It, but the, the Bible verse that uh, I'm alluding to, he he refers to himself here. He says, uh, like us, instead of lest they become like me. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh... Yeah. So it's uh, Genesis 3.22. And the Lord God said, the man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. And so, you know, you can you can argue that well he's talking about the Trinity he's talking about you know G, he's talking to Jesus or it's Jesus you know but also uh, in Job which we talked yep. about earlier uh, in Job which is a fascinating oh just give me the whole thing uh, verse the chapters two and three I believe da 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 da. So Job 1.1, in the land of Uz, or Uz, whatever, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. He had, okay, he had a lot of things. His sons did all this. Okay, so uh, verse 6. One day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. The Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. Let me uh, let me pull up a different translation uh, because the that's... ESV, I believe, says "sons of God." Yeah, uh, this one says "angels" too. Anyway, some some versions do say, you know, "sons of God," yada yada, and it gives this this. Um, air of a council almost and it's um, actually and it actually if, alludes to it as 
as like a recurring thing. Like this isn't a this isn't a one shot well, deal. This is like a you, thing that happens. We can go back to Psalms eighty two also if you want to. Mm -hmm. God has taken his place in the divine council. In the midst of the gods, he holds judgment. Yeah, that right there. That, yeah. that says it all. And Now, if these and, were just idols, why would God be standing in a council of idols? Right. Yeah, and but you do have you do have other verses that talk about well, why do you why do you worship this? It's just you know, it's just something you made. It's just wood. There's nothing to it. But then you have other verses like this where it's like, no, it's talking about a divine council and God being above and holding like holding judgment like a, a judge adjudicating what? the actions of these other gods. It's been pregnant pause. <laughs> no, it's just me <laughs> trying to figure out how to say this to where it doesn't come yeah. off wrong. Polytheistic. There, there has been discussion among those who are deconstructing. Why would God fear something made of wood or iron or silver? What would be the. Is he that insecure no the whole thing is these were depictions of spiritual beings those in the spirit realm whom god had set over the nations mm. as in deuteronomy 32 8 and i would i would push back just a bit and i know you probably yeah. didn't mean it this way but the listeners are going to pick that out oh we got a sound bite the what you said about God fearing the idols. God, God is not the one that fears. Well, God well, is the one that strikes fear. No, this is what this is an argument that most who are either deconstructing or atheists have whenever mm. it comes to the God of the Bible. Why is yeah. he afraid yeah. of these what? things? What? Yeah. What, what's the matter with it? Yeah. <laughs> Which, which that's that that's that whole licentious attitude, that whole you know whatever man do whatever you want to do, like be and, whoever you want to be. No, no. There is <laughs> one creator. Work. There's one creator. Mm -hmm. All other all other gods are created gods. Mm -hmm. Whether it be by the hands of men or the hand of God Himself. He set his sons over these nations so that they could point back to who he was. But instead, they rebelled. And now we're living in a world like this, where mm. the darkness, these gods that have set themselves up as God, are teaching their people falsely absolutely yeah and leading people astray leading people to their destruction right and what 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 i want to kind of tease out here is we're we're getting close to wrapping up when you were an atheist or whenever you were really close to to calling yourself that you were really struggling um or maybe you just put yourself in the mind of an atheist how can an atheist call something good or something moral or righteous or just that, what these I how can they I square that circle that far. I hadn't okay. gotten that far I was still very much a pagan but can you get into would, what that means cuz that that means different things to different people and I'm sorry, I should have teased this out at the beginning. <laughs> um, paganism, in my understanding, and it's just my understanding, is anyone that doesn't follow Christ or doesn't, be okay. doesn't believe in Yahweh of the Bible, doesn't believe in the Yahweh of the Bible, they are pagans. Okay. Interesting. So any, anyone 
any non-Christian would be a pagan. Is that what you're saying? Right. Interesting. Oh, yeah. One who has no religion. Interesting. So, is that a supple... Okay, so, <laughs> I feel like I'm struggling to put that into a box somewhere in my mind and see how that fits in. Like, can you be a pagan and like an atheist pagan? Or can you be, is that a, an exclusionary well, term being a pagan? You have atheist Satanists. Mm. I mean, which is kind of, I mean, if you believe in Satan, well, huh? well, this is, this is the way it's been explained to me. Okay. And it's straight from the Bible if you know where to look. But they don't believe in either a being called Satan or the God of the Bible. They see themselves as their own God. Therefore, they become Satanists. If you get a chance, I've... if you... If you get a chance, look up the Ten Commandments of Satanism or the Ten Tenets of Satanism. It's all about that sounds like the a self. rabbit hole. It's all about the self. Mm. Love everyone wow. until one hurt someone hurts you, and then destroy them. Wow, that sounds pretty satanic to me. <laughs> look at I, I mean that that sounds <laughs> I mean, like. Well, the thing is, this is getting very pervasive, even in Christian culture. Mm. With the Christian, Christian, with the Christian nationalist culture, they do me wrong. They do us wrong. We're going to destroy them. We're going to. Hmm. If somebody comes into my house, I'm going to kill them. If they break into my house Hmm. to steal stuff, I'm going to kill them. Which mm. there is biblical precedence for that in the Old Testament, but Jesus says, "Love your enemy and pray mm. for those that persecute you." He also says, "Defend the weak." Yes, but how do we defend? How do we love our enemy if they're dead? How do you defend the weak if you stand by? You can pull a guy off. So, of, you can pull a guy off of somebody and say, "Hey, stop," or "Give mm. me the beating," rather than give it to them. Mm. You don't have to destroy yeah, that. You don't have to destroy the person for doing what they're doing. You can stop mm. them from doing what they're doing without doing any major harm. Yeah, but again, I think unfortunately we we like to to box things like I was just trying to do with paganism. We like to try to compartmentalize and say, here are the black and right, white rules of the situation. And, and Jesus says this, and, but then he also says this, and, and these things are intention, right? Like you have commandments about not drinking, but then Jesus, I think Jesus's first miracle, if not one of the first, was turning water into wine. Yeah, the, and, Cana- the wedding in Canaan. Yeah, so we have we, we like to have these sort of boxes that we put things in and compartmentalize and say, well, you know, this is the way. But but then there's also passages that re, that rebut that line of thinking uh, where it's talking about whether your you know a fellow Christian eats meat or does not eat meat based on his convictions. That is right for him. Like it is, it is, it is honoring to God for him to either not eat meat because he's convicted about eating meat or vice versa. And if that, if you are convicted about eating meat specifically, I think he's talking about pork in this situation. I could be wrong. I'm not a biblical scholar, but I know that what he's saying is if you're convicted about eating meat and you eat meat, that is a sin for you. But if you're not convicted about eating meat, and you eat meat, it's not a sin. So we like to have these black and white things about, well, you know, if if somebody's doing something, then I need to do this or not do that or or whatever. But there's a lot of grace given and a lot of freedom given 
when we submit ourselves to Christ and truly seek to honor him uh, through our actions um, and continually repent where we fall short and choose to believe, to believe in him. Right. Can I get um, an amen? <laughs> amen. That's the gospel um, right there. <laughs> um, you hit on something there, but I want to carry it a little further. He, in that same passage that you were quoting about, if you don't eat meat, that's fine. It's, it's not a sin for the one that does. But we're also told to not be a stumbling block mm, for yes. someone. So yes, if you're thank going you to be, for pointing that out. If you're going to be a stumbling block to your brother, then don't do the thing that your that will cause your brother to stumble. Yeah, yeah. Perfect example. Like bringing this into a modern context. If you're going to church with somebody, and and they think that drinking is a sin, drinking alcohol is a sin, and they invite you over for for dinner one night or whatever, or you're going to some, some function with them. Don't drink alcohol in front of them. Just yeah. don't because th- you're, you're causing them to sit there and, and question everything. Like what, what are they doing? What do I believe? What, what, what is happening well, right now? And, and that's the, you're presenting the stumbling block by doing that. Yeah. So thank you for that reproof that I, I, uh, I do appreciate you pointing that out. Absolutely. Well, James, I've kept you for for quite a while here on this Friday night, <laughs> and uh, I certainly do appreciate your time. Is there any any parting words you got for me or anyone listening out there? Um, this is my first time experiencing anything like this. I appreciate it. Um, this is. I just thank God for it. Mm. If anything has been said tonight that honors God and gives glory to him, then praise him. Uh, Amen. Absolutely. But search the scriptures. Go ahead. Search the scriptures. And if anything that we have said, (laughs) sorry, there's a delay. Anything (laughs) that we have said that, that hasn't honored God, you know, I pray that that we would we would uh be shown the light and 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 actually be rebuked in that way because I I don't want to mischaracter mischaracterize what the scriptures say. I don't want to mischaracterize mischaracterize the nature of God. Um and so if we've praised the Lord, praise the Lord. If we've done harm to the name of the Lord, then I hope that uh, that we're set straight. So, uh, and I'll turn it back over to you. Um, just get into your Bibles. If you're going to come against us, have biblical biblical proof of it. We aren't here to guard your feelings. We're here to spread the truth. Amen. <laughs>